what you think this is, a game? Man, we're here to meet Nick Cage. Welcome to Help Us Meet Nick Cage. We're back for our second episode. Hopefully, uh, if you're listening to us, we sound a little bit better this time, even though we just... God, we just went through a fucking ordeal to try and get this thing ready. I don't... I, I'm not over it, and I don't want to talk to you about it. All right. That's fine. But you're going to bring it up. No, we don't have to talk about it if you don't want to talk about it. You're lying. You're going to talk about it. I'm not. I'm... Uh, let me tell you my side of the story well, first. Maybe we should introduce ourselves. Okay, yeah, Real yeah, quick. Yeah. So, I'm I'm Ryan Khan, and I'm with... What's, what's your name now? My name is Amelia Hanks, and um, last time I said I liked butts, but this time... Um, I, I want to retract that. I think it was inappropriate, and I and I shouldn't have said it. What I meant to say was that I like dick. You like dick. Dick. Tracy? Yes. Dick Tracy. Yeah, what else is there? No, I was just, I was just making sure. Yeah, like, a, it's like ubiquitous, like Dick Tracy. Is dick shorthand? Yeah. Okay. Am I crazy? I don't know. I just never... Usually when I hear dick, I think of... Like uh, what? Just that scene in Superbad. Oh, where he has the he dick disease. disease. Yeah. Where he, like, draws, like, mm-hmm. dicks all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think that's because I'm very into art and making art, which this podcast is, to bring it full Truly, circle. Truly, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are joined here today, as per the recommendation of our last two guests, by... Guest David Conway. David, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well. I wasn't sure if I was not supposed to talk or not, yeah, so you, I erred on the side of not talking. I'm glad you did that. Thank you for having me. Yeah. David was here when Ish went down, and Ryan bullied me today. I didn't he, bully you at all. I said, Let correct. me tell my side of the story. I was going to say, I absolutely want to talk about this, so okay. yes. please go ahead. Let's hash it out. Well, I don't want Ryan to speak first, because I think that it's very clearly what happened. Um, was that I waited till the last minute to watch Con Air, which is the podcast, which is the Nick Cage movie that we're talking about today, um, the Nicolas Cage movie we're talking about today, and um, I waited till the last minute, and it that part was on me, but I'm notoriously late to everything, and I think he should have expected that when he asked me to be here at six because we bought a new microphone because our sound quality was so shit last time. I got here at six forty-five. And Ryan wasn't even fucking here. I would have been here. I asked you if you wanted a soda for McDonald's, so I went and got it. And he got himself some food. Don't don't make it sound like you were so selfish. I got hungry waiting for you, so yeah, I went and got some food. Anyways, um, and then he gets here and he doesn't even do shit. What is that supposed <laughs> to mean? That's a bold. That's a real position bold to stance. take. Then he works on it for like an hour, and then he's like, this would have been a lot better if you had gotten here the time that you were supposed to get here, but we need to go to Guitar Center so we could pick up this one part that the microphone needs. Um, and then we went to Guitar Center, and then we came back, and now we're not using the microphone, and that's all there really is to it. Well, you skipped a lot. There I don't think know. I did. There was something I think that I in there said that exactly I think is what happened. Arguably part of the story. Yeah. Maybe central to it. Yeah, so let me let me go ahead and chime in here. So, the reason... Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, I have the right. Oh, really? I have the right... Oh, and also he said that I was um, not not a co-host, per se... More like maybe a servant? No, oh, that's not. That's 
He said he was the leader of our podcast. You're muddying the waters here. I think you're distracting from the central. I think people have the right to know what happened. You're trying to rile people up. I said we are more or less co-hosts. I don't like it when you say more or less. I'm just, you know, I wiggle room. People can say what they. You don't know that it's like it might be more, it might be less. Like you're presuming, but I—that's exactly what we are. It's not like a more or less wiggle room situation. Okay, like, so that's more. We or, are co-hosts or of. Less. I'm not sure which one. Help us meet in the cage. Mm-hmm. That's just facts. Yeah, sure. No. Okay, we can talk about the are we co-hosts? Is one of us better? It's one of the endless debates of our time. Yeah, it's really I mean, not. No, I mean people can decide. We're not going to settle that tonight. So let's just focus on the journey to. Uh, I would love to. Because I, I know I'm right, and I know that Ryan ha- is entitled to his wrong opinion. No, people people need to know my side of the story. So the reason I was upset at all is because I didn't want to make David wait. Very kind. Yeah. <laughs> it was very kind. David! I'm just saying that was that's a, very thoughtful. And by the time we figured out we needed the part, it was already... I mean, we wasted... Not wasted, but like... I tried to figure out the best way to set this up, because with the technical difficulties... Basically, by the time we figured out that we needed this part, or I thought we needed this part, it was like 8 o'clock. P.M. 8 o'clock p.m. Yeah. Um, Not a.m. Right. Good. So we figured out... on the record. Thank you. We figured out that Guitar Center uh, was still open, and... Uh, we went there. And <laughs> we did go... You seem to be eager to get to that part of the yeah, story. Yeah, why are you... Uh... Because that's what happened. Well, well... You're, you're right. And we did get there. I mean, to be fair... Yeah. Would we have, though... Did, if someone didn't intervene and... David, how would you describe our journey to Guitar Center? Um, circuitous? Would that be a word? Here's, a... here's what happened. We got from one place to another place. And in between. The, yeah, I mean, you know... well, I just... I don't want to name names, so I'm not going to, but one of the people in the car said they knew where Guitar Center was, and it turns out that was kind of a, a false narrative. A little bit. I knew where Guitar Center was. Did you? And, yeah. and I know that you're talking about me, and I don't <laughs> You're like not that. being subtle, you're are you? are not being subtle. There's only three of us here. Well, you know. Um, I know that you're talking about me, and I know where Guitar Center was. I just didn't know where the road that it was on was. You knew where it was, not how to get there. I, I yeah. Well. Arguably more important than just you, knowing the Exactly. Can I, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to nope. interrupt you, David. Uh, ask away. Do you, you generally know where this road is like in in relation to kind of the area this road that we needed to turn on Mm -hmm. and therefore you know that it's kind of the border between one county and another county in this area correct yeah and maybe maybe when we crossed into the other county maybe did you kind of give out a little celebratory scream be like yeah we're in this county now I don't recall. No, you don't recall. I don't recall. Okay. Okay. I think as an American citizen, I have the right to invoke a certain amendment. Do you know which one? The fifth one. Right. And And that's what I'm going to do now. Alright. Thank you. Alright, so the bottom line is we did get to Guitar Center despite any hiccups in the road. We drove out of the way for like 10 to 15. How long was it? I think the moral of the story is that Ryan fucking bullied me today. <laughs> I did not bully you today. I just wanted to get us back on the right track. Because, let can we just, 
we planned on recording this at 7. It is now 9.33. And we're 8 minutes into a podcast, just kind of for perspective. What's your point? I, I'm going to, you know, I think the point has been made. I want to backtrack a little bit and note that you, one of your defenses that you offered is that he should have known that you're always late. So <laughs> that's on him. That's truly? And truly, I stand by that. <laughs> He yeah. should have known that. Right. As, a fr- as my friend, you should have known that. I feel like that's maybe deflecting a little bit too much responsibility. I have never claimed to be responsible. Should have known that too. I've never claimed to be a real adult. Okay. I've never claimed to mm, know how to tie my shoes. Yeah, you're just a big dummy and mm-hmm. nobody can hold you responsible for that. And I agree. Thank you, David, for finally I'm on your side, side here. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Okay. David remained neutral the whole time and now he's finally on my side. There's a lot of tension I'm trying to diffuse yeah. it here. Task. And I think by calling you a dummy, that helps. Yeah. David, can I ask you a question? Yes. Would you say that being responsible is uh, maybe one of the hallmarks of being a a co-host on a podcast? Or? Wow. That's, no, that's very interesting. I think you could very easily make that argument. Okay. I really don't have anything else to say on the subject, so... Alright. I'm glad we... I think we have that out to Amelia's satisfaction. Yeah, no, I you think... You look very content right now. I think that was the strongest ten minutes we could have opened Yeah, describe, describe what it looks like right now, David. Uh, you know, just the normal things you look like when you are at peace. You're looking down with a kind of resigned look on your face, not saying anything. Seemingly, uh, like, barely concealing the rage beneath... Oh, yeah, that is exactly what I look like when I'm content. I'm glad you can read me so well. Yeah, all right. Uh, go on, please, Ryan. Okay. You oh. have something to say. Well, no, I was just going to say... Son. I'm a little afraid you're going to murder me. Which would be appropriate, though, because I might send you to uh, a remote prison facility where they put you on an airplane full of bad guys. An excellent segue. And that's kind of the plot of Con Air, the movie that we're talking oh, yeah. about today. Uh, last week, we talked about Face Off, which is another kind of... Uh, I would say... Can I... Sure. I would say that they're related. What? And this is a theory like that brothers? I have. No, I think that the Cage character from Con Air, Carson Poe... Cameron. Cameron Poe. I knew it because I watched it very closely. Yeah, you got it. Um, and Castor Troy from Face Off um, were at the same prison. Oh. So it's like a shared universe kind of thing. Yep. The gravity boot prison from Yep. Okay. That's really... But not at the same time, obviously, because if they'd seen each other, I'd been like a little um, Lindsay Lohan parent trap moment, which turned 20 years old this week, by the way. Mm. Happy Um, anniversary. Happy anniversary to you, Lindsay. Um, David's your biggest fan. Uh, So I thought that, obviously, that couldn't work, but it was something that was on the forefront of my mind the whole time watching the movie. Are you going to be just kind of advancing a theory throughout the Hopefully. progression of this podcast that <laughs> there's just a giant Nick Cage cinematic universe that all of them are kind of bound within or do you think? Oh. Well, I, I think that is a couple of narrative, yeah. Alright. Good to know. Stay tuned for that, I guess. Yes, please. So diving into the heart of this movie. Last week, I just to kind of give Personal thoughts, uh, just just to start out. Um, I gave Face Off a 10 out of 10 last week. You really did. I did, because I truly believe that movie's perfect and could not be improved on. I don't feel the same about this movie. Really? You I, well, okay, so let me back wow. up. Let me back up. I 
going into this viewing, I was very excited because I remembered when the first time I watched it a couple years ago, I, I would, let's bet, I'd say four years ago. Um, I remember really liking it and kind of thinking it was on par with Face Off. Those were kind of the two big Whoa. cage <laughs> action movie things of the 90s um, that kind of stick out in people's mind. And, like, they remember him for like, memorable roles. Uh, the hair on Cameron Crowe is... I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but it's very luscious. Cameron Carson. No, I believe his name is Cameron, yeah, but Cameron it, Crowe. Yeah, but... Okay. Okay. It can sound different to different people's ears. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like a Laurel Biani. Yeah, thing. we're on top of all the yeah. most yeah. recent that pop culture. very, very recent. Yeah. Topical here. Yes, very topical. <laughs> Nothing but topical references on this podcast. Please. Sure. Um, the first, right off the bat, like the first scene of the movie, I realized, oh, this is not going to be as good as I remember it. Because this is, I'm pretty sure, with, feel free to jump in. This They just created the most illogical way for him to get on this plane <laughs> possible what he was just hitching a ride to back to alabama well hitching a ride because he defended his wife from knife <laughs> okay. attackers so you want to get into the justice system yeah <laughs> i do i just I mean, there was a, i think a very sound internal logic as for why he, he needed to go to prison the judge laid it out clearly the but... judge said that he was a danger to to society because he was in the military yeah he's like le- he his, was a ranger he's lethal he yeah he's... he's a weapon his body is now a weapon yeah basically the argument this judge laid out in like the 10 seconds he's on screen is you're not allowed to defend yourself because you went to war that's so, essentially so his argument. For those who haven't watched the movie and are just listening to our podcast because you're a crazy person, um, Nicolas Cage kills a man within the first five minutes of the movie because he was smack-talking his little pretty wife after he came home from just seemingly training, not any kind of I Yeah, the timeline combat. is weird because he, he comes back and his wife is Three already pregnant. pregnant. Yeah, yeah, at least. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's hard to say what he was gone doing. It seems like they were... Just training, right? Yeah, but also it seemed like he had been gone for a long time, so yeah. it's, it's hard to peg. Yeah. But, you know, that's part of the mystery of the movie. Like, and he seemed right decorated into... as well. Like, he wasn't just wearing, like, fatigues. Like, he was dressed up. He did a good job in the army. He yeah. became a weapon. <laughs> did anyone else find it weird that his wife didn't just go to, like, an airport to pick him up? He just kind of, like, went yes. to her bar? Well, he rode up on a boat, as you do when you get home from is, the is from that... the army. You, you get in on, like, like this little dinghy boat, um, <laughs> and you step off onto the dock, and your wife's bar is right there, and you go and say, hey, what's up? <laughs> is that, like, an after effect of the YouTube era, is that we expect, like, wives to be waiting wherever husbands are becoming non-deployed anymore? That didn't even make sense to me. I, I get it. I get where you're coming from. Like, the idea of, like, a big welcome home yeah. kind of celebration. Yeah. But, you know, she had her job to do, and so he just... Yeah, and he respected that, and I do love that about him. Yeah. You know, he lets his wife work. He's not making her... Pick him up. Pick him up from the dock. <laughs> yeah. Pick him up from the docks. <laughs> the dock in Mobile, Alabama. Wait. Yeah, yeah, like, it's... Yeah, it's hard to calculate and, where and he I, was traveling from yeah. on water. But, and I think that was a good segue to... Talk about the role of the South in this movie. Go ahead. Do you have strong feelings about that as someone with a tie to the region? I do have a tie to the South. I grew up in Texas. I went to school in Mississippi. 
And the accent that Nicolas Cage has... Is great. Very good. Is almost a religious experience <laughs> for me. Nice jet. You can take Sindine only the rest to rot for all I care. You fire that weapon, 20 pissed off prisoners are going to hear it. Comprende ese? <laughs> well, hooray for the sounds of fucking silence. It, it kind of opened my eyes up to the way that I had been talking and the way my friends talk and it made me be like, oh, we were speaking wrong. We weren't speaking right. <laughs> However, it was something that I wrote down <laughs> as an example of uh, coming home forever. And it was only on the R's at the end of words that he had an accent at all. That's Otherwise, true. he just sounded like Nicolas Cage. You gotta hit it hard when you have the opening. Like, I'm gonna see my <laughs> my little girl when I'm coming home forever. Also, I believe is this. Can, can I ask you if this is a phrase? I forget the exact. She's he's on the plane and the the female police officer is asking him something about like his... the female u.s marshal yeah yeah u.s marshal sorry not is that disrespectful to say police officer and not u.s marshal is that like a yeah that's downgrade yeah absolutely i guess it is a di- i guess it's just kind of different she's a u.s marshal yeah i guess you so. nasty little kid you can't just call someone a police officer when they're a u.s marshal i don't think of them as downgrades i think of them as just like kind of different departments i guess in my well life. i back the badge Okay. That's good. I'm glad you're on the record. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. So, I feel no. like people won't think I'm joking. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so he's talking to the female U.S. Marshal yes. on the plane mm-hmm. about his daughter. And then she asked him something. I, I don't remember what she said. But he goes something to the effect of, that won't be no never mind. Or something. Yeah. And it, it, it was a Southern saying, I think, maybe in like Scarlett O'Hara era. Mm-hmm. Um, like right after she said, as God is my witness, I'll never go hungry again. Um, she also said, it ain't no never mind. <laughs> in the same breath. Mm-hmm. They don't, people <laughs> misquote that. It's kind of like a Luke, I am your father. I am your father scenario. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just thought that was fun. The whole the whole letter reading at the beginning just really it just highlighted me. how bad his fucking accent was. I thought it was spectacular. It <laughs> gave me serious like it, it it felt like like he was sending home Civil War letters yes. to yes, his it was yes. dear family. John letters <laughs> to his like, family. Yeah, it, it was very much like I, like yeah he he was stationed in like Shenandoah or something and it was <laughs> I, I yeah I, I don't know it was uh, striking that. Starting off, starting off the movie, you're giving him these very long kind of monologues to set the tone that this is what you're getting into. And I think it gives the viewer the right message. So. And before we move on from the very beginning of the movie, um, there was a something, something that the guy said that he ended up killing that kind of struck me. When he said, um, you're the reason why we lost Vietnam. <laughs> so it yeah. made me kind of wonder, you know, like, what year it was? When this was set, you know, I maybe it's just I I I wonder if the '90s were a, just a very different time when people hated veterans. That was the kind of prevailing narrative because that is in the South. I think they've always <laughs> loved veterans. That is the, of the, all wars. That, if you know the song, mm-hmm. you know the song. 
that but like that that is the the tone of the movie immediately is that there there is this man who is being attacked seemingly solely for the crime of being a veteran with a pregnant wife like they... it was vietnam era-esque <laughs> treatment well and they it's it just i was impressed by like the the pace of this movie throughout and like how much like characterization they they wanted to pack in to let you know that nick cage is the good guy so mm-hmm. it's like okay he's a convict people are not gonna get that even though he's in jail like you're supposed to be rooting for him so let's make this abundantly clear he will be going to jail for Seven to protecting ten. his pregnant wife <laughs> after being attacked for being a veteran like this is like <laughs> stacking the decks to but the greatest extent or is possible. he active duty well yeah whatever never cleared up Let's don't really big know. old plot hole big old plot hole yeah it would have been i think he was discharged i think that ha- happened okay gotta pay closer attention to a movie with nuance like this so. <laughs> yeah he is like it's. It, it's like they want you to know he's good to a fault. Like I, I don't think he ever made a mistake in the movie where he was doing something bad for the good. Oh, that's not true. I don't think that's he. Not true. I don't think the movie ever makes you want to think he's doing something. Yeah, that's like true. unjustifiable. Well, yeah. there, he's he, like he's the antihero he, hadn't been invented yet. Yes, no, there was just the hero. Mm-hmm. Audiences would have been very confused about a guy who. <laughs> went from bad to good or had different <laughs> yes. kind of uh, characteristics. So. I agree. I agree. He does spend mo- the majority of this movie trying to get insulin. <laughs> that is <laughs> yes. the majority of the movie. I, I made that saying note that, especially like, it, it, you know, it, there's a big action, you know, cl- an extended climax, uh, but the primary motivator for the lead character is that he is trying to find a needle that is solely a syringe a, yeah yes. a seal. yeah he, he is not involved in anything else he's just like oh this is all happening around me <laughs> he was like oh yeah like they're fucking killing guards and like um trying to fuck this one lady guard he was marshal um she was a guard yeah she was guarding them um, oh, so also- a guard? Whoa, 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 the <laughs> fucking phone. Uh, calling her a guard is not a downgrade, but calling her a police officer is a downgrade. I was describing the action she was performing. She was a guard. They called her a guard. Yes. The, the, you know, I'm just, oh, being, being honest here. It's, okay. I feel like officers are more <laughs> than guard, but go ahead. Um, yeah, but that just struck me that, that that was like all he could think about, all he could talk about. John Malkovich is busting bitches up, and he is like, "Can I get a surrender on here or anything, please, guys?" Well, it's I, I I just think it's good screen writing to like just create this chaotic world and have your beacon of light being a guy who's like, "Oh, I like." Excuse me. Help do my one of you have a, 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 a syringe, please? <laughs> That's all I'm, I'm. I'll get out of your hair as soon as I can get that. That's all I'm. All I need here. I think that is a good point. He doesn't. I mean, at by the end of the movie, he does try and stop these people. But at the beginning, he's willing to let it happen as long as his friend oh, gets yeah. into it. Oh fuck yeah! He almost leaves. They not. They fist bump. Mm-hmm. They touch some knucks. They touch knucks for sure. And he says. I'm going to be dead next time you see me. And Nick Cage goes, all right, and leaves. And then he's like, you know what, yeah. I would die for my friend that I met who was mopping the floors and we shared snowballs. Yeah, he gave him snowballs. That's the... I I I mean, that's how Ryan and I met. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I I, was in prison. Yeah. Gave me some snowballs. (laughs) I was doing some research on this, and 
uh, on the movie in general, I was reading on Wikipedia, and I noticed, uh, like, at the bottom of the page, like, there's LinkedIn article about, like, snowballs in pop, like, in popular culture, and, like, there's, like, a weirdly detailed Wikipedia entry for snowballs that has, like, a lot of, it seems to ascribe a lot of power to the symbolic value of snowballs, like, specifically. It says... Do we think that was, like, a product placement thing? Is it, that what it is? It must have been, because, like, you don't, you don't pick snowballs that... But like, they never say the word snowballs. They said he does say that pink, pink balls. coconutty things. Yeah. Like, like, guy, the box is right there. Just look at it and write that. Like, you know what they're <laughs> called. You're being, you're, you know, you're being intentionally obtuse. But uh, the Wikipedia page says that snowballs are often used as a means of communicating caring from one person to another. That's what the Wikipedia page for snowballs says that snowballs if somebody gave commonly me, symbolize. If somebody gave me a snowball, I would straight up bomb. Not a fan. I would bomb. I don't like coconut. I agree. Yeah, really? I, I'm not a coconut person. No, yeah. But that's nothing against snowballs. That's some. No, it's against preference. it's against snowballs, and, and I don't take. You're I declaring don't war against the yeah, hostess fuck a corporation. Snowball. Fuck a snowball and fuck hostess for making them. Okay, well, I guess that's sponsorship. <laughs> <sighs> Lost the hostess account. <laughs> Gotta call my agent. Oh. Let's talk about the letter writing. So his daughter was writing letters in kindergarten that were seemingly at least a page long. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, in kindergarten, and this might have been just me because I'm, like, again, I'm a fucking idiot. I was illiterate. Well, you know, maybe it was dictated, not not written, you know. Maybe. Oh, that's true. They didn't show it. So. Although the last last letter was. But she's yeah. supposed to be eight at this point, right? Yeah. In, and she writes like that? Yeah, and it's in grand. She's saying the date a lot. She keeps yeah. saying July that. 17th, 14th. 14th. I have almost knowledge of what happened in this movie. It's a good thing you watched it so recently so you can be really on fresh. top of the details. Yes. Inside of it. Yes. Um. Yeah, July 14th. July 14th. <laughs> I feel like I sound like JFK right now. <laughs> July 14th. It's a thin line between Nick Cage's daughter and... JFK. I'm trying to think of a JFK quote. Let's. I'll. I'll wait. Are we just gonna wait this one out? Yeah. Let's see. Let's see how long it takes for you to come up with one. Oh. Oh. Okay. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. That was good. That was Nicholas Cage, actually. Oh wow. Oh, yeah. He said that. Yeah, he said that. Oh okay. Yeah. I buy it. In this movie. <laughs> Did oh, I skip that part? Yeah, maybe you got the director's cut. Mm-hmm. I did buy it actually from Amazon Prime. Did you really? No, I didn't buy it. I rented. I rented it. Oh, yeah. So but I couldn't. Money well spent. Thank you. Yeah, it was four dollars. Steal it twice the price. Um. Yeah. So his yeah. daughter is a Mensa member. You know, when you've got those kind of, you've got Cameron Poe's genes in you, then mm-hmm. you're going to be a genius. He's a Either a genius or a killer. Yeah. Or a danger to society. His body is a weapon, other? her brain is a weapon. Oh. Parallels. <laughs> Finding parallels all the time. Um, yeah, that's all, that's all, like, just set up to get to the point where, like, he is on the convict plane. There, it, it, it tears through the crime, the sentencing, his entire term in prison in, in like, ten minutes, and it's like... We're, we are giving you this backstory as quick as we can just so we can get to the good stuff, which is 
I think a good decision because I, I found the, the plane was the best part. The plane is very compelling. I think I think there's a lot of good stuff happening. I on that I plane. do have to say that in the very beginning, the first note I made was that Nick Cage looks hot. Interesting. You think he looks good in this movie? In the very beginning, when he's killing that guy oh, in oh. the bar, I'm like, who you kill? That's, that's what I said. That's I very interesting. Cause I, I, I thought he was hot. And, and face off, I thought he was fucking ugly. And this, I thought he was good looking. In the beginning. In the beginning. Right, right. He's definitely, he's definitely buff looking. He's got, you know, he gets in the tank top. He, he's showing off his form. But mm-hmm. I always felt like, like, casting directors didn't really figure out who was attractive until, like, 2004. I feel like a lot I don't of think that's true. I think 80s they, and 90s like, leading men are, like, yeah, leading Very it's, strange it's the men who looking. are hot. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes. Yes, those perverts always knew the attractive women, but the men, they were like, Ooh, who yeah. can say we can't hire a woman, so if, we'll if, just have to take a guess. <laughs> We've never hired anyone who's menstruated in their life. <laughs> um, like, at the very end, when he walks up to his wife, and she's, like, a little scared, and his daughter is frightened, possibly peeing herself. Um, nothing he could have said at that point would have made me attracted to him. Yeah. It's nothing. Just, yeah, I, it, it is interesting to wonder, does that marriage last beyond the plane ride back home to Alabama? Or the boat ride, I guess, seems to be the pr- <laughs> primary form of transportation to get to Mobile. From, but, from Las Vegas... Mm-hmm. To Mobile, Alabama. Mm-hmm. I love how you say Mobile. I love that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's okay. Um, <laughs> from Las Vegas to Mobile. Um, they do travel by boat. And it's, <laughs> it's in the end credits. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I you didn't guys... stick around for that. Yeah. Oh, you saw it in theater? Yeah. <laughs> oh. I, I have to get it. <laughs> they had a revival screening of it here at the art house. Oh, at the art house theater. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How much was it? How much? What'd you get? Would you get any like snacks? You or... got snacks? Yeah. I, I went with uh, some popcorn. Oh, Ryan has a hot take about movie popcorn. I'm not a fan of popcorn. I'll that was it. it. That that's, was the hot take. Uh, that's <laughs> I. It's too squeaky. The me. phone line. <laughs> that's a good point. I don't have an issue with noises that people make uh, in terms of like chewing and stuff. Oh, I do. Like, like I'm like the reverse uh, Phantom Thread guy, uh, which is bad because I I assume that I am like an obnoxious, uh, it's a good movie, you should check it out. I was thinking about it, but I also don't like Daniel Day-Lewis. If you like Con Air, you'll like Phantom Thread. I think there are a lot of... I did like Con Air, so maybe I'll like Phantom Thread. Yeah, I think there are a lot of shared... thematic uh, material but yeah but I, I i always do get yelled at by my sister for chewing popcorn i'm like i don't care i will be an obnoxious piece of garbage so that's my that's my take <laughs> on popcorn and i and i want to say that i did just say that i don't like daniel day lewis but if he ever reaches out to me and asks to meet me i will meet him you'll allow it i will do you think daniel day lewis is hot in which era Okay, that's a good point. He really like gets Last into his of the Mohicans or like at any point in time. Do you think he's hot? Last of the Mohicans, he was hot. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think he's a very handsome man to the state. Even I would say, isn't he in Gangsters of New York? Yeah, he's I like him. Gangsters, Gangsters of New York. I don't think they got him for that one. <laughs> Is that the, the sequel, Gangsters of New York? Yeah. Starring Method Man and Red. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right, I'm a fucking idiot, okay? 
I was riffing, that's all. Okay. It was a good... I it was, was pretty fun. I'll allow it. Okay. Can I... I know we're, like, literally just, like, five minutes into this movie right now. The, the fact that he's on this plane at all is mind-boggling. Because when he's... It, when they show him in prison, like, working out and stuff... First of all, this is just an aside. I love that their way of showing, like, oh, he's reformed and, like, doing good things is <laughs> showing him... A, working out all the time, and then when he's not working out, he's either A, studying beginner Spanish, or B, learning origami. That's the, is... You're getting ready to be on the outside and be a parent, and you need to say, here is a swan I folded for you in Spanish. The most beautiful memory <laughs> I have from when my dad came home from prison was when he <laughs> said, hola, como estas, and handed me a paper crane. You know, it's, he's, he's, I still have it to this day. he's bettering himself as a person that is... That's the only way I can imagine to use a shorthand for that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that was just kind of an aside. I did enjoy those kind of details. But when he's in prison, on the he, on the letters he receives, it says, like, whatever, 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 state prison. Mm-hmm. So... They're definitely in Nevada the whole time. Right? I think they're in California. I think it, I, California, and then they go to Nevada. Yeah. I guess my question is, why is he not just in a Alabama? That's a good prison? question. I I wondered the same thing. Because it was a supermax prison. But why does he need a supermax? He killed one Cause person. Because he's because he's a threat to society, Ryan. I don't think you grasped that his body is a weapon. <laughs> his body is a fucking weapon. I guess, and even they had to take him to San Quentin, I believe, is the prison in the movie. Yeah. Because nowhere in the state of Alabama could have hold, held a killer like that. Yeah, I guess they don't have the capability. Fucking Charles yeah. Manson, okay. I but then the fact that they and like they admit in the movie he's just catching a ride on this plane. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's just a checking home. Yeah. Don't, don't most prisons just kind of send you out the door mm-hmm. and be like, here you go? They're like, listen, we can't clear you here. You gotta just make a quick pop on over to Alabama. <laughs> then you'll be free. That's. You know, yeah. luckily we have a plane going that direction anyway. And I thank God every day that that's how our judicial system works. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, It's kind of like a last test to like make sure that mm-hmm. you're like reformed and capable to go out mm-hmm. on the outside. It's like, if you can behave yourself on this plane of the most notorious criminals in the United States, then then you're free to go. Then you're... You can do it. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a, yeah, it's a final test to get out. Yeah. And can I tell you... I'm moving on to the point where they are You're on the bus. On. Oh, thank you. Um, when Dave Chappelle gets off that bus, I said out loud, Dave Chappelle's in this movie? Which I feel like I say about every movie I see Dave Chappelle in. Like, I'm always surprised that he's a person and he's real. Mm-hmm. And that we're still watching things that he's been in. Yeah. Can I tell you, I had that same reaction... I had that same reaction for every single person in this movie who yes. wasn't Nick Cage because I did not know anything about this movie going in. This was John like, Malkovich. I said the same uh, thing about yes. John Malkovich. Yes. I said John Malkovich is in this movie, yeah. and then Steve Buscemi. I said Steve Buscemi is in this movie. So this was a real experience. For yes. You. yes, yes. Can I go a step further? Sure, sure. Give you, give you my personal background. As I was watching this movie towards the end, I'm like, man, I like. I don't think I haven't seen a lot of Nick Cage movies. I, you know, I, I'm not generally familiar with his what. His, his work. I know that's sacrilege. That's good you got me as, as a second guest on this show. Um, that's disappointing. Yeah, but... Did not know that. I swear to God, I go, to, I, I, go to, <laughs> I go to his IMDb page after the movie is over. I'm scrolling through. I realize I have seen one Nick Cage movie in my entire life. What was it? Oh, 
uh, you're gonna love this. It was Matchstick Men. <laughs> what? I yes, thirteen year old David was very into I guess con movies, and so I made my sister take me to that movie. And other than that, I have not made any effort to see I've a Nicolas Cage movie. I've never even heard of a movie called Matchstick Men. It wasn't I've one of his uh, higher profile. Movies. I I thought it was a good time. Uh, you you haven't even seen like fucking National Treasure. I have not seen National Treasure. You haven't seen like Raising Arizona. I haven't. Or... Raising Arizona has been on like my list of movies to watch for a decade. Like I I don't. You just I, can't bring yourself to do it. I just I, I'm bad at watching movies. I haven't gotten like made myself like a regular movie watcher until relatively recently. Well, sometimes I mean like in the in the early nineties, early like late eighties, he was like genuinely unrecognizable. Like Moonstruck era, like. Did you watch Moonstruck? I didn't watch Moonstruck. I mean, I don't think there's a case of like me not knowing that he was in something I watched. I don't hey, think David, David, I'm really disappointed in you right now. I'm sorry. And you know what? I don't want you to say anything else. I'm sad. For the rest of the podcast? I'm mad. <laughs> Make your own judgment. Interpret right. that how you want. But I will say it was a very pleasant surprise to be like... Oh, there's Ving Rhames that, that like I didn't know he was he was in this movie and he was and I feel like every time I saw someone pop up it was delight and then they had a delightful performance. I lo- I love the work of all of the yes the leading actors. In I this would film. agree, and that's why I'm surprised that you didn't like it because I thought John Malkovich was really good. John Malkovich is good in this movie. John Malkovich is great. He stole stole the show for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, for me too. Yeah, I he's very good as Cyrus the Virus, a great all time great bad guy name. That's mm-hmm. a really, that's mm-hmm. really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one, and I agree, mo- most of the performances are great in this movie. There's one aspect of this movie that I think is kind of why I'm not as excited for this as I was for Face Off. And it's an aspect they sent, spent way too much time on, in my opinion. And that's kind of the John Cusack. Oh, fuck John Cusack. In this movie. In general. Yeah. Well... Fu- well <laughs> Why do you hate John the whole Cusack? Well, don't. Okay, I was. I don't like Joan either. I don't like Joan either. I don't want to abide a production that's going to have Joan Cusack slander on it. She's a. I don't like Joan Cusack or John. I think that it's a shame they ever became famous. They're not real actors, and they're bad at what they do. But I would meet them if they. (laughs) (laughs) Have Have you gotten any requests to be met? Yet. Has anyone ever asked specifically to meet you? Don't have to be famous. Has anyone just in life been like, I specifically want to meet Amelia Haynes? She's gotten some hits on just from my experience with you, uh, like dating apps. And yeah, like, Tinder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, do you think they're seeking you out specifically? Or like just scrolling through people until it's like, finally, Amelia, now I can talk to her. You know, I didn't think that before, but now that you've put that in my mind, yeah, definitely. I do think that. And I think that I'm fucking ugly now and stupid. I, okay. That's a weird. I don't think that was the conclusion to make at all. I'm insufferable to be around. I have a terrible personality. I'm maybe worse than Hitler. <laughs> it's interesting to know where your mind is at regarding other people's perception of you. I'm not gonna say like off base or anything, but it is just you know like projections a thing. And yeah. Well, maybe you've got a good read on the situation. Mm-hmm. I, it's hard to say. Um, I hate this. <laughs> Was that? It was a demon inside of me. I'm sorry. All right. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. So I I just thought John Cusack was okay in this movie, but I just didn't. 
like his... I found nothing appealing about his character, and they spent way too much time... I forget the other guy's name. The guy who was in uh, Boston Legal for a long time. Yeah, I don't know. The DEA guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know his name, but... You know, I, that's not my favorite part of the movie, but... I, first of all, I will say I don't understand... I don't really vibe with any movie or TV show that uses, like, a jurisdictional dispute at the heart of it, because... Just personally, I can't relate to the concept of being like, <laughs> hey, this other guy wants to do work instead of me. Fuck that. I'm <laughs> I'm not letting someone else take on this responsibility for me. I'm like mm-hmm. very much a weasel at heart. I'm very lazy. And so if someone was like, I, hey, like I'm going to question this guy instead of you. I'm like, yeah, knock yourself out, buddy. <laughs> so, you know, that I didn't relate to. And it is, it is interesting that like the... Part of the reason things go bad on the plane is because the DEA guy is so intent on getting this drug dealer, you know... Killed. Pretty yeah. much killed. H- having, having him kind of, uh, uh, you know, settled up uh, first. Because he's landing at a place where he will then be questioned. It is a matter of, like, I need this, like, two-hour edge on a different law enforcement agency, and I'm willing to put people's life at risk for it. And he got his agent killed for it. Doesn't hesitate about that at all, but I yeah, so I I, I definitely get the criticism of that storyline, but also I think they made him such an unrepentant unrepentant piece of shit that it was like <laughs> it was fun for me to watch. Again, the amount of characterization they pack into this movie is impressive because in the first scene with that DA agent, he like pulls up in this, you know, uh, fancy convertible yeah, yeah. with a uh, custom license plate Which that comes says... Back and... Yeah, oh no, it's, it's a good, yeah. it's a good, uh, it's well used yeah, throughout the movie. Is. But he's got the custom like... custom license plate that says ass kicker on it. And he's just, he, like, he's already, so that's already, like, you'd think, okay, that's enough. We get it. He's a, the character said he's a he's piece a of shit. Back, yeah. He's acting like a piece of shit. But no, that's not enough because in the <laughs> middle of his first conversation with John Cusack, he peels out like like while John Cusack is talking to him to reverse into a handicapped parking spot, which I think it, it, it's just like we, the pinnacle of despicable humor. Yeah, they're really going over the top to be like, "Hey, just so you know, you don't like this guy," <laughs> and I appreciate that. I need that kind of handholding. Well, I think the screenwriters so. really did a good job of that, like just making you know that this is the most simple shit in the world, and if you do not get it. <laughs> You should not be breathing. <laughs> Look, I, some movies deal in nuance, and some, you know, artists get a lot of value out of black and white, and I think this is a work of art that gets a lot of value out of... I would say it's a film. Yeah. Not I, a movie, a film. I agree. Yeah. So but you like it as well. Okay. Yeah, I know. I, I had a great time. Okay, me too. Ryan, it's up to you. <laughs> Moving on. I didn't expect to really be in this position, because um, I, I wanted to like this movie so bad, I just... My my two complaints. One was the Cusack stuff. The other, I just don't think it's smart to ever have Nick Cage playing the straight man in a movie when he's so good at being over the top and crazy. And that's not like a criticism of the other actors in this movie. Like I said, everyone was pretty good. Um, I just maybe wish if, if Cage was going to be the straight man that maybe the other characters were a bit more over the top. Um, like, Malkovich is good. I think he's, like, nailing it and very good mm-hmm. in, in terms of both, like, his performance and the character of Cyrus the Virus. But the other, like, Ving Rhames character, um, Steve Buscemi's character, 
As much as I like Stephen Buscemi, it was underused. His there's no point to his character at all. I did have much higher hopes. Yeah. And I would say it's all worth it for him getting introduced in like the Hannibal Lecter get up. Yeah. Like he is such a nightmarish criminal. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. doesn't really deliver on that promise at the beginning. Yeah. So I get that. But you know, I I was thrilled to go along for the ride. I think throughout the movie treats that character very strangely. Yes. I think that might be something that gets touched on later. But yeah, I I, I definitely agree that he, he, he you know he could have been better. I I like most of the other criminals though. I thought they were all yucking it up once they have hijacked this plane. It was it was like, that was like a fun scene when they're all like dancing and yeah and like you know he like you know when when Vinger Ames is down there uh, getting rid of Dave Chappelle's body. Um, well, that was. I've never seen a worse fake body, except for maybe in that Michael Scott Golden Face parody where he blows up Toby's head. Like that was Dave Chappelle. His skin didn't look like skin. <laughs> well, you know, it probably got messed with like you know falling through the sky all the way down. You know, made atmospheric conditions. No, but when it was when it was still in the plane, oh, yeah, it was well, like you know the color of a brown crayon. Like it was wax. <laughs> It was so obviously wax. You know, production values have come along. We can't criticize the tools that's they had true, at the that's time. That's true. And they were spending a lot of money on explosions, <laughs> so I understand. The, the entire... It, and the, different shots, <laughs> cut, cut shots, like that scene where the plane is sliding through the casino. <laughs> I think I nearly had a seizure. I was like, what am I supposed to be watching right now? Look, you, you, can, you can critique the quality of this fake body that they use, but you cannot critique the kind of set the the scene that it is used in at the centerpiece where oh the basement of the plane yeah and when when it falls out oh, onto, onto the car onto the car onto the car I think that is a, a that per- was a really good scene that's like guys, a perfect bit of comedy where it really was the guy is mad about a bird, bird pooping shit, yeah. on his car right after he got it cleaned and like they just <laughs> Like, they, they set this, like, they, they want you to know this is coming, that this body is going to land in this man's car, and they, they just, it's great. It's perfectly executed. The only I thing laughed I'm, a lot. I'm, I'm missing is that, <laughs> That would be nice. That would have been a little bit funnier, I think. That's true. But I, I yeah, but, but otherwise, you know, that was, that made me laugh out loud, and you know, kudos to the filmmakers for a well-executed bit. I have a couple favorite lines. Do you mind if I read some of them off? Yeah, your co-host, go ahead. <laughs> I am a co-host. That's what I said. Yeah, so you agree. Yeah. Are you going to say anything else? No. Okay, okay, I'm going to go. Are you telling me what to do, numbnuts? I don't remember the context of that. I didn't either. I just read it Okay, cool. This is a good, cool feature. Just, Just reading out sentences. This is a good one. If your dick flies out of your pants... You fly out of this plane. <laughs> that was a good line. That was, yeah, I, I, f- I feel like there were a lot of good quips along the, those lines. I hope you have more. Are we, we're not going to give context to that one either. Well, or... that the context was Johnny23. Who I feel like we need to just... Nefariously bad. Yeah. Like, the, arguably the villain of this movie. I would say the worst person in this movie, for the sure. The villain of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. And he's... He has maybe five. Yeah, lines. he's a he's a real big character, mm-hmm. but they they needed to get in this serial rapist just to add a little more spice. Because once to he the movie. once he delivered the insulin to the mm-hmm. man, 
Now his woman friend needed to be in danger. Yeah, and of course she wouldn't be able to defend herself, even though she is a U.S. marshal. She um, is a lady that needs Nicholas Cage's help. And we should say he's called Johnny Twenty Three because that's the number of rape charges, rape charges he acquired. And then he also has a line that says, "If they knew how many it actually was, I'd be called Johnny Six Hundred. It's just so unnecessary to have shit like that in a movie. It's like a rape joke in the worst sense in that it's literally a rape joke. Yeah, the it's just like this guy raped a lot of people. And it's said in a very light manner. Like, everyone, like, they just move on. Well, you know, it's letting you know how bad all these people are that they're, they're willing to pal around with a guy like Johnny 23. And so... In, you know, but they don't because he <laughs> says he says straight up he's like I think you're the worst kind of person yeah, and my name is Cyrus the virus. <laughs> well, you know that's another thing where they they needed to like draw the lines and be like, hey, you know, you don't have to feel like too bad about you know maybe enjoying John Malkovich's performance because he doesn't like rape. He is a awful criminal, not pro rape. So you're 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 okay there. You got that little yes, mm, not pro rape. You, you got that little motivation to be like. We love John Malkovich, yeah. He's slightly racist, though. This movie... And he's slightly racist? <laughs> yeah. This movie... Just a little bit. I don't... Yeah. Just a little bit racist. Yeah, he's just a little bit racist. This movie is super racist in general, and <laughs> I I, uh, I was impressed by it, you know, and I was... Surprisingly not homophobic, though. I... Uh, I don't know if you noticed the character that was cross-dressing, um, the... Yeah, but it was treated very normally. It was very stereotypical. I, I think they... It was stereotypically, but no one was ever like, hey, like... I mean, I think I think, I think maybe you need to rewatch, re-watch those it. Rewatch it, okay. I almost found it, like, hard to follow what exactly the deal was with that character. I did, I, I did, too. It felt like such, like, like, a dated... The like, prison figure bitch, yeah. that, like, I'm like... like in this day and age, it's like, I don't even know, like, what stereotypes they're necessarily trafficking in here. Because it's like, he really wanted to wear a dress. Like, he... And that seemed to mostly be it. That, like, he, like that <laughs> character didn't get a lot of other dresses. It was like... It, he, like, he was treated like a normal criminal. Like, he was given a gun. That's true. They let him, they let him in on their plan. So yeah. I guess that's progressive in its mm-hmm. own way. But, yeah, that was his main character arc. I would he say, needed to find a dress. Mm-hmm. A shitty dress. And just kind of acted... Generally sassy. Yes, is that fair? Yeah, yeah like very yeah. effeminate. Uh, that was his primary uh-huh. characterization. Yeah. Wasn't there a point where he's like walking down and like criminals are like turning to look at his ass or something? Maybe, possibly. Hey, you know, twenty eighteen people. You guys don't remember it. People admire. I was on my phone for a bit of this movie. I'm not gonna lie to you. And the truth comes out. <laughs> I was. I didn't. I wanted to love this movie so much, and I just. It, 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 it provided a lot of duality. For me. There was parts that I really, really liked, and there was parts that I was... Like, here's some back-to-back notes. John Malkovich is so good, John Cusack makes me vom. Yeah. They, I mean, that's pretty much it. That's, that's how I felt movie. about this movie. Nicolas Cage, honestly, to me, was hardly even a character. I agree. As much as I hate to say it, everyone else had so much personality, and Nicolas Cage was just, like, there with a huge head of hair. I think... It you it says something about your expectations for Nicolas Cage that you think that like this man with long flowing hair and an absurd su- southern accent who is like refusing to take up opportunities to go 
see his wife and child because he needs to get his friend a needle for his insulin. <laughs> and, like, at, at a certain point in this movie, he walks through a bullet. Um, like, Wait, what? With, like, he, like, he's, like, getting... He, a, a bullet is fired at him and he does not break stride. Wait, I don't remember that part. It's towards the end when he's, oh, like, storming okay. the, the cabin of the plane. Um... It says a lot that you don't think that this is an absurd enough character because <laughs> I think it's it's almost like an interesting case study in like, hey, we're giving Nick Cage a role where you're the kind of lead at the center. Yeah. You know, you're the kind of emotional bedrock for this movie mm-hmm. and seeing how he takes that because he, he was not content to just let this be a boring action lead. He was giving this guy some flavor. You think? I, I, I genuinely, I, I read that the idea to make him Southern was Nick Cage's idea. I read that the idea for the bunny that is a like... through line was Nick Cage's idea. He he, yeah. he he was the person who said, I need to be able to buy a bunny in prison and then a stuffed bunny toy in prison and then to give it to my daughter at the end of the movie after it's like been through the gutter. That that's coming straight out of his brain, so <laughs> I think that's interesting. That's very telling. Yeah. It's very telling. To take Knowing movie. all that, knowing what I do now, it, it makes a lot of sense. I do. Because those were the most absurd parts. <laughs> no, and again, the accent is very good. It's extreme. Ryan, I know now that when you say it's very good, that I should substitute that in my head for it's fucking bad, and Ryan's the only person that thinks it's good. No, when I say good, I mean entertaining. It's enjoyable. It, it, yeah. it, it keeps you Did it in. make you guys laugh? Yes. Yes. Okay. Very much so. Okay. okay. I but love do, it. Do you think it's a genuinely good accent? No! <laughs> well, I don't know. You just seemed like t- taken aback by the idea that someone would think it was funny. It wasn't funny. It was just embarrassing. I felt oh. bad for him. Yeah, see, that's different that, opinion. I feel like that's why I think it's there. Funny. I I feel like I watched another movie with him recently that he did a southern accent, and it was, you know, mm-hmm. it has been since this movie. And it has not gotten any better. And I know he must have no dialing coaches on, on set. And they're just, is he refusing their help? Is he actively saying, no, I have this? And then producing lines where he says, however. <laughs> I, I think that's how people like that talk. I think he, I think he nailed it. You're right. I forgot. Wow. Okay. Um, should we... Should we talk about? I want. Is there anything kind of in the middle of this movie that you guys want to touch on, or should we skip the middle? The... the fucking boringest part. I mean, there's there's always some fun stuff going on on the plane. I'm I'm always having a good time when they're up there on the plane. There's... I don't. Okay, so going back to. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you no. in the middle of the sentence, oh, but no. um, going back to what you said, where he was like literally nothing he does is ever wrong, or maybe I said that. I guess confused sometimes. Yeah, it was you. Um. He kills somebody. Yes, and I think it's. Um, I think it gives credence to the judge's sentence because <laughs> we see Nick Cage get into two fights in this movie, and in both of them, he... someone is killed. Yes, killed. Like just in hand to hand combat. Yes. yes, his body is a weapon. It is well established <laughs> in the movie. There's an internal logic to this that carries through i think yeah absolutely it does we didn't say this before but in the the original fight where he goes to jail he does kill that man with one punch yeah he does just <laughs> not even a punch his, his hand yeah. is open yeah, yeah he, he does... thrusts 
he thrusted his hand up into his nose mm-hmm. and presumably shoved his nose far back mm-hmm. enough into his brain with enough force that it killed him on sight. Yeah, a guy comes out and is instantly like, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> the guy had never heard of him again. Part is very good. And there's like some implication that like <laughs> he has a history of this because like yeah, his wife is like, I don't want you to be this man. And he's able to do that yeah. for five minutes but John before Cusack, killing someone. But John Cusack does say he's like he got into some shit when he was younger. Well, and John Cusack also says one of the things that happens in the middle of this movie is that John Cusack pretty much implies that hey, this could have happened to anybody. Any one of us could have murdered a guy in a bar, in a bar brawl. Like he, he, like he's well, like I think he's implying away. that they've all gone through the same military training, maybe. <laughs> That's true. When, when you're an elite, yes. you know, member of... Your uh, body is a weapon. Your body becomes a weapon. Yeah, absolutely. The it can be turned against the main message of this movie. Yes. The compelling... Is join the military, you will become a nuclear bomb. <laughs> But yeah, you know, the middle of the movie is not, it, it, you know, from the, I, I think when they first land the plane and uh, Stevie Shemi comes on to when they get to the second airbase, they're, you know, it's kind of, it's treading water a little bit, but, you know, you, you gotta lay the seeds for all these great set pieces that are happening. And I think once they get to the airfield, that is one Which of are, the, the, yeah, the, the one in uh, Carson where, City. Yeah. Oh. oh no! No, not the, the one after it's up to yeah. an L. Lan- Land. I don't know. Lanner or something. Yeah, we we paid a lot of close yeah, attention to this movie. Know this. Uh, but you know, when when they get to the abandoned airbase, I think that's that's the peak of the movie to me. I I love almost everything that happens there. Um, John Cusack driving a bulldozer to protect uh, like armed armed uh, people from. Yeah. What does he say? He's like, just fall back. Just get behind me. <laughs> I, yeah. I just, that's absurd. It's all great. John, John Malkovich, uh, like, laying out a battle plan with, like, co- crushed Coke cans and instructing them how to, they're going to ambush these people. Okay, can you guys help me with this? This wasn't the middle of the movie, and this was when um, Ryan texted me and was like, where are you? And I was, like, 30 minutes away from being done, so I skipped this part pretty much. But there was a part where John Cusack goes into somebody's cell and oh, I arranges about this. The, the Last Supper to say, <laughs> meet in Carson City, and then somehow a guard gets a bomb. Yeah. How many pieces seem together? I mean, it, I think you missed less than you think you did. Okay. <laughs> because you, you got... Who's, the, whose cell was that? That was Cyrus's cell. So that was John Malkovich's cell. Yes. Okay. And like there was like a false wall. Like He somehow replaced one of the like stone bricks in his thing with like plaster and had a bunch of stuff hanging behind it and again i think this is one of the the strength of the movie is that it's willing to throw in these beats that don't need to be there that are not like don't speak to the you know the overall plot of the movie at all but they're just fun to have happen and the fact that they this bomb that is in his cell that goes off has no purpose. Nothing happens after that. But who's he meeting unnamed. in Carson City? He's meeting the. This is the the, the kind of overarching. So yeah, I guess he missed. You know, kind yeah, of yeah. The one of the main fuel, <laughs> fueling devices for the plot was that they, they were hijacking this plane so they could pick up this the drug lord that they get in Carson City, and then they were going to fly to that airbase and they were going to meet up with someone who's the gonna, drug lord. That's the one that stole the plane, and then he had to kill him. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And okay. so yeah, that they okay. they were go, yeah. That's where the. They were kind of the meetup. Why team. the Last Supper? Okay, can I? We need With to talk the eyes about this. Cut out. Yeah, we need to talk about this. So, 
the the way that these criminals communicate is through a Da Vinci Code esque <laughs> letter system where they cut out the eyes of the last everyone in the Last Supper painting and use that as a decryptor to to spell out words in code basically. Yeah. Um, and John Cusack is able to figure out <laughs> all of this in five minutes, maybe. Yeah, immediately. Well, and yeah, I, I I'm curious, like, cause he, he figured out where exactly to position, like, not only that this was a, a secret code and it was used for the specific letter, but also like exactly where to position it on the page to find the right letters. It, I, I I'm not quite clear on how the system works, but John Cusack is. I think you're just led to believe that he is a uh, master code breaker in addition to being, uh, you know, a Dan else. Brown character. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, and that, that's the kind of thing that this movie is willing to just tackle in like a three-minute sequence. It's just, this code exists, we figure it out, a guy gets blown up for no reason, on to the next three scene. Three guys, three guys yes. get blown up, and yes. John Cusack almost gets a metal object in his head, inches. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, a satisfying part of this movie, there's a lot of people in close proximity to explosions. Again, at the airfield, when you you have John Malkovich who uh, lights a match, lights, walks away, doesn't yes. walk back. Yeah, you've got you've got Nick Cage. It's like a it's a twofer because you get like Nick Cage like Running, weirdly like kind of jogging out of the gas station <laughs> and then, like, his own pace, and then like diving through a glass window as the explosion happens, and then it cuts through. The criminals are also walking away from the explosion, not looking back. So, well, it's... some of them did. John Malkovich did not oh, he, yeah. because it's... Mama didn't raise no bitch. <laughs> and also in that scene, great final line uh before the kill which is uh the drug dealer like begging out for cyrus's help goes sigh and the uh, john malkovich immediately goes anara and that's true that was a good good scene that's a good line he was like really waiting to he had that like that yes 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 yes, beautiful yes, yes yes that was good um can we talk about i i feel like Another part of the movie that just kind of baffled me. I mean, I I think I understand it, but I think we need to talk about it is Steve Buscemi's scene in the pool. Absolutely. With the girl. <laughs> With I, thought the he was, girl. I thought he was going to kill her. Well, and that's what you're led to believe, I I, I think. But it, I, I said earlier that this movie treats Steve Buscemi's character very strangely. And this is kind of the case in point. Like, well... First of all, the idea that this girl is like hanging out in a pool <laughs> just with a tea party, field. just a, an empty pool, and well, she's definitely an orphan by this point. If any of her parents <laughs> were involved in that airfield, <laughs> but yeah, she's just hanging out there, and then so yeah, he comes up, and so it's this long, like very tense thing. It like almost gives like gives you like thriller vibes, like completely separate from the rest of the movie, and it's just like building the tension, building the tension. Is he gonna kill this girl? They sing. He's got the whole world in his hands together. And you're like, all right, what's this coming to? And then just the resolution is, he didn't kill her. Like, that's yeah. that's the entire storyline. It's like, he didn't kill one little girl. Well, I think it's like, okay, he wants a better life. Well, and that's the thing, is that, is that the message? Because if so, that's very strange. Because on the plane earlier, he was bragging about, like, driving... With someone else's head yeah. on his head as the a hat. The changed him. <laughs> That's what, can I just say, I thought, because I didn't remember this scene from the first time I watched it, uh. I thought that whole scene in the pool was going to be a hallucination of, because the it's a little girl whose head he wears. Yeah. I thought that was going to turn out to be her, but it's not. It's just some little girl. Yeah. And, and so that 
leads to the question, is this supposed to show us that he has changed because he didn't murder one girl that John, or that uh, Stevie Shemi is now a good person. This person who has killed 33 people. He just wants to drink some fucking Mai Tais, dude. (laughs) And, you know, if that's the ethos of the movie, then I I, I love it. I'm I'm on board. But I I just was not... It's like if Hannibal Lecter was suddenly like, hey, maybe I shouldn't be fucking insane. Yeah, he's like, hey, everything I did back then, (laughs) that was messed up. I recognize that. We all recognize that. Like, And I'm not going to do it again. Uh, yeah, I own it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's move on. Let's turn the page. Let's flip it. But again, hard to reconcile with how on the plane he is like talking. About his murders in admi- graphic yeah, detail. And like admiring the work of like Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. And talking Ted about. Ted Bundy. Yeah. And, and talking about how it's actually more insane to like go to an office and work, which great argument, I agree. Uh, but yeah, so it, it's just kind of hard to reconcile. The two different bits of characterization this movie is hinting at for Stevie Seven's yeah. character, but you know, it's maybe it speaks to the duality of man. Absolutely, I does. guess because his at the very end it shows him just kind of playing games in Vegas. Yeah, and that, that's the end of the movie. Yeah, is <laughs> like he got away, and so is again that leads us. To, is he? Are you? Is he, he's like one of the top five. Bad guys. No, he's like one of the like movie. This movie treats its bad guys badly, and it treats its good guys well. And I think that Stevie Shemi is like one of the five, like top five characters this movie treats nicely. And it it really messes with your brain to think like this is a very, I think dark. This movie has a very dark perspective. I think it's very cynical. I think like almost everybody is an asshole, and like all like from the from the police to the criminals, you know, to the people in law or to the people in the law enforcement bureau. That they're all assholes, except for the designated good guys. Nick Cage, the guy who needs insulin, the U.S. Marshal who's a woman, and um, John Cusack. Yeah, those are those are the only people that it treats nice, and then. Coming up after those top four, I think you have Steve Buscemi. I agree. The th- man who killed 33 people. <laughs> and it's like, even Cyrus the Virus is a little bit weary of dealing with him. Yes. Yeah, and then forgets about him, seemingly. Yeah, again, there's a lot of setup that is not followed through with on Steve Buscemi. Like, oh, this is going to make... Like, cause he's, like ent- he's introduced as like this last yeah. minute, like, oh, he's on the plane? Well, this is going to make things interesting. And then he just sits there politely and for, again, the, for the entire flight. And I said this in, in the face-off episode last week, but there seems to be a trend in Nicolas Cage movies where there are giant plot holes. And I can only imagine that it's because so much of his work is lost on the cutting room floor. Like, he just does things that are, like, fucking insane and don't fit the movie. Like, maybe there was this huge interaction between <laughs> Nick Cage and Cyrus the Virus and Steve Buscemi's character... Mm-hmm. And Nick Cage goes insane, as he do, and um, I think that they were like, okay, this this guy's fucking insane, we can't have it in our movie, cut. <laughs> I, I think I think there might be credence to that, because I think I saw somewhere that John Malkovich, after the movie was made, said that like he was not sure what his storyline was going to be, like he was not aware of what the final product was going to look like. And he is, like, the second biggest character in this movie. Yeah. And so for him to be like, yeah, we'll see how that all kind of plays yeah. out in the editing room, I think maybe supports the theory that just Nick Cage is an agent of such chaos that it is all... <laughs> you, 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 you cannot give him a well-crafted narrative. You have to build it around what he gives you. Yeah. Like, if you, um, like, let's just say, let's just say, 
if I asked you to suck my tongue, would you be grateful? I don't know what this means. Face off. It's a reference face to face off. off. He says yeah. that in the movie. Okay. And it's extremely good. I the only thing I know from face off is that they say face off, off. at some point. Yeah. That's yeah. the extent of my knowledge about you, it. If you face like off. if you like this movie, you really you would like face, face off. off. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Um, definitely put that one on, on the top of your list. Um, not raising Arizona down a peg or two. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Bring it back it down a couple more decades. All right. Yeah. I'll get to that by time on fifty. Hopefully. Yeah. Okay. Is that that long? <laughs> Do. <laughs> Should we touch on how uh, the kind of grand plan at the end of this movie is basically uh, we're okay with uh, like saving a few people on this plane, so and we'll do whatever it takes, including destroying half of Las Vegas. Yes, the the, the, the climax. See, when I when before I watched the movie, I started to worry that. It wasn't going to be like crazy enough for me. I thought it was. I, I kind of started to worry, like, oh, you know, it was like kind of like weird that this was a you know a big movie in the '90s, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, whatever. But I think it continually escalated to a point of insanity, and this Las Vegas conclusion was just amazing, incredible. They chose to land a plane on the Las Vegas Strip after they were flying through the desert for so. And John Cusack said no. <laughs> no, we cannot shoot this plane down. We cannot lose people. Oh, they yeah, they could have shot it down with no civilians around. They say that, like, this is, like, the the opportunity. If we, we can just shoot it. And he's like, nope. Yeah. We're, we're going to go to Vegas instead. Yeah, I, I think, like, as the plane, like, as they said they were approaching Vegas, I thought to myself, oh, haha, that's funny. Like, they can't, like, they couldn't resist the option to, like, introduce this kind of last crazy setting but they're just going to be flying over it obviously but no they they went way beyond what i had hoped and dreamed for and kudos to everybody involved for for going for it yeah they absolutely did and you forget that it's filmed in the 90s until you get to that vegas <laughs> scene and you say oh yeah you remember vividly that. yeah you're like whoa yeah Okay, I was a, I was kind of unclear before, but now I know. <laughs> well, and you know, they they're like there's something involving a Hard Rock Cafe, so that gives you. A good I did write that down. The Hard Rock time. Cafe lost its um, the top of its the top uh, of a, the good, guitar, the neck. Ooh, that's technical. <laughs> yeah, I'm I fill around on the old uh, six string every now and then. Do you really? No. Name one chord. Uh, K. That's yeah. Bungee. Okay. Funny. Uh, What's not a joke? I don't think. A bungee cord. That's a real thing. Yeah, I know. I don't think you were joking. You thought he thought he was giving a real yeah, answer. Yeah, he thought it was really giving oh, me okay. an answer. Mm-hmm. I prefer David's interpretation. <laughs> he said I was funny. Okay. Anyway, um, I guess we're kind of at the end. I don't but really have anything else. I I I think the whole whole Vegas again. This this was everything I wanted in in a insane action movie they land the plane on the strip they cr- oh th- this was maybe my favorite part of the movie is that they cr- the the plane crashes into a casino of course and the nose of the plane hits, it's the jackpot hits a slot machine and a bunch of slot machines clunk into each other and like i genuinely had a like a, a, a reaction like oh man like i thought they were gonna have it hit the jackpot i'm surprised they showed that restraint and then like two seconds later it hits the jackpot 
money shot. It's great. It's beautiful. <laughs> I, 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 and I, I appreciate this movie because it is not going to let opportunities like that go by. It does. It does. Uncapitalized it, it, on. It absolutely has one of my favorite movie cliches, and it will. I'm sure it will come up time and time again. Um, the scene where somebody is walking out of a room, and then somebody says something, and they stop. What, when did that happen? I don't... Okay, let me, let me set the scene. So, John Cusack and Nicolas Cage are facing mm-hmm. off. Face off. Um, and uh, Nicolas Cage is like, I gotta go help my friend get some insulin. Uh-huh. So he turns around and leaves. And then he says, I, I met your daughter today. Oh, and yeah? he stops. That's good. And then he turns and his hair flows <laughs> behind him. And he says, you met my daughter. <laughs> And it was beautiful. Those are, those are great moments. And speaking of the flowing hair, another thing that happens at the end is that after the the the, the resolution, Nick, they make sure to address the hair. Nick Cage tells his family, "I meant to get a haircut." Like something <laughs> like I don't know what prohibited him from doing so, but they they let you know at the end of the movie, like, "Hey, by the way, I know you've been wondering what's the deal with the hair for the past two hours." We know it's crazy. It's almost an implication that he didn't cut his hair for eight years. <laughs> Maybe. You know, I believe that there's eight years of work put into the, you think? those flowing locks. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Uh, I know we're, we're kind of at the end of the movie. I will also just quickly say I really did enjoy, like, the, the final, final chase sequence when uh, John Malkovich is on a fire truck. Yes. And spraying water... At John Cusack in the cage <laughs> trying to get him. That's just, that's the kind of shit I wish there was more of in yeah. this movie, I guess. And I, I think that scene calls into question how interested Nick Cage is in getting back to his wife and kids. Because he had... I think I said that out loud. The plane the plane has, has is on the ground. There's law enforcement personnel. And... Like, he, he notices them getting away. He doesn't tell anybody. He just runs to a police motorcycle and yells, hops on. He yells, Cyrus! <laughs> and then yeah. he goes. Yes, and so he is he has now become an agent of the law in his own <laughs> mind. Like, it is not enough that, you know, the he, 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 he gets his friend help. He also has to bring yes. the criminals to justice himself. And good for him. He's, yes. got, he's, he's committed to his goals. But yeah, the, the whole chase sequence is great. I love John Cusack, you know, filling the, like, driving area of the truck with water. I love that John Malkovich gets, like, such a complex death sequence. Yeah, I thought it was over, like, three times. They they do a lot of stuff to make... They, he, they raise up the, like, ladder on the fire truck, uh-huh. and they crash into... So they, and so into John, a bridge. They crash into, like, yeah, like a land bridge. bridge yeah. And so he, he, he goes through that. He breaks through both, both sides of the glass, John Malkovich does. <laughs> and he lands on, like, a bunch of electrical wires, and he is getting electrocuted. I thought, that, I thought it was done for sure. Though. No, then he keeps going, and he, like, lands on a <laughs> conveyor belt or something. He's, like, in a weird industrial place. Yeah. And there's, like, this, like, just spontaneously generated Rube Goldberg machine that is, like, yeah. leading him to where he is going to get his... Head crushed by a rock crushing device. I don't know what this place is. I don't know how, you know, uh, that kind of industry works. But, you know, good. It was very, very. It was like a game of mouse trap, just to get to the end point of crushing John Malkovich's head. What I think happened was that he. This is a theory that I had. He did die uh-huh. after the electrocution, uh-huh. and then they had a second scene where he also died. 
And that was the second scene. But they forgot. Okay, so they had to fill a place where that point where Steve Buscemi and John Malkovich uh, were interacting. They had to cut that part. Mm-hmm. So then they were like, shit, we have five minutes to fill. We have to make this at least two hours. Yeah. So they were like, just throw in the second scene. Double death scene. Double death, double down. They're both good. And good. I'm glad they included both. I'm glad it was that complex because Cyrus is a great character and he deserves a great death. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. With that, uh, I think it's time to wrap up our discussion of Con Air. So what we're going to do, uh, we're going to go around and rate this movie from 0 to 10 Nick Cage Crazy Eyes. Okay. Um, and if you want to give like a little you know, summary of kind of your thoughts and feelings before that, you feel free to do so. And uh, David, we'll start with you. Okay. So, again, I went into this movie not being familiar with Nick Cage's work directly. I knew of him. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not like a weirdo who doesn't watch stuff or is unaware of pop culture. I knew he had a reputation as a crazy person and a weird actor. But this was a, like I, I think so often I watch things that have like a cop, pop culture reputation and it's almost like disappointing because I've kind of already experienced it you know through references or through just kind of secondhand and it's like oh you know I, I get this I know all this is happening this blew me away I was I was not prepared for everything that happened in it this exceeded my expectations the you know I'm not am I going to say it's a perfect movie no I don't think that any movie that uh has this much casual racism just used as kind of <laughs> character quirks could be considered a perfect movie. But would I say that's its only flaw? Maybe. <laughs> so, and, 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 you know, I, I almost think that, like, it does such a good job of, like, threading the needle between a movie that is, like, too self-aware and a movie that is just kind of, like, boringly bad. Like, it, it, it's right in that kind of sweet middle where, like, I, I can believe this came from the mind of someone who thought this was all just, like, genuinely badass and, like, <laughs> just thoroughly great. Yeah. And so, like, it, it hits that thing where it's, like, you're not trying to be funny. This is this is not, like, this is not something that you were, like, eh, wouldn't it be funny if, like, Nick Cage went through this entire movie with a southern accent. It's just a happy miracle that it happened. And it I, great performances, great action. I, I, I loved it all. I'm going to go with nine out of ten eyes. Wow. It's a good score. That is a good score. Um, I'll go next. Sure. Um, you know, I liked it. I liked Face Off a little better last week, I think. But this was also tops. I really liked this movie. Nicolas Cage um, acts a lot better throughout in this movie, um, even though he basically has no character, and um, I think he's just basically saying lines. Um, I think that... The characters were, like, so in-depth. There really weren't a lot of characters that didn't get a good backstory of their criminality. There, I, I We didn't I mention enjoy. this. There was, like, a thing where, like, John Cusack is, like, basically cutting a promo for all of these guys. <laughs> like, just given their, like, Absolute their, their highlights yeah. as a criminal. Like, oh, yeah, this guy, like, he's so, like, it's, it's great. It's great setup. I love it. That's yeah, I love it. I love that scene. Um, John Cusack was, besides the racism... John Cusack was the worst part of this movie. I fucked John Cusack. I would meet him if I could. Um, I would give this Con Air, despite its flaws of many, including racism and terrible accents, a 8 out of 10. Good score. That's a good score. That's a good score. Um, I'll go next. Okay, so uh, for everyone... Oh, can you go last, actually? 
Sure, yeah, I'll let, uh, we should let our producer Stefan go. Stefan, you wanna? Hi, I'm Stefan. Hey, Stefan. Hey. What's up? Hey. Oh, I mean, you should do your review. We shouldn't have this kind of small talk right now. <laughs> You're right. Um, I didn't watch it. Okay, thank you, Stefan. Great. Hey. Thanks, guys. Uh, Stefan, I wish you had a different name so people didn't think I was ripping off the Bill Hader SNL sketch. Well, you know, you can wish that, but that's his real name. So. Yeah, no, his name like, is Stefan. Yeah, can... yeah, Stefan, thank you for coming in. I mean, yeah, for sure. I appreciate uh, it always. So, I'm last now, so I guess I'll go. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, for people who listened last week, they know I gave, I said this at the beginning too, but I gave Face Off a 10 out of 10. Uh, wouldn't change Outrageous, it. but... No, I'd stand by it. Um, that makes sense for you. This movie, I think, is good. I think it does a lot of things well, including the characterization, as we said. There are fun moments uh, throughout. I wish John Cusack, when his whole entire plotline wasn't in this movie... Uh. I thank you for that contribution, Stefan. <laughs> Stefan, what the fuck are you... We put you on mic one time and you think you have the goddamn right to burp on mic. Fuck you, Stefan. Sorry. You're doing a great job. <sighs> Christ. <sighs> anyway. Sorry. No, it's fine. It's not you. I mean, yeah, it's Stephane. just fucking Stefan. Yeah. Can get his shit together. Fucking intern. Um, oh, demoted. Any, yeah. <laughs> Go with your whole, hold your pay. Jesus. Um, what was I even saying? I'm sorry. Uh, You're rating this movie. I am rating this movie. Um, I think Nick Cage is good, but like I said, I wish he was just a little bit more heightened or uh, had more to do, frankly. Like we said, most of this movie is him trying to get insulin or (laughs) him at the very end trying to save the day. Um... All that being said, I still think it's a very enjoyable movie to watch. If you're into kind of those 90s over-the-top action flicks, this is certainly uh, will fulfill everything you're looking for. So I'm going to go ahead and give it a 7.25 out of 10. It's respectable. That's so extra. That is so extra. You don't like the decimal points? I don't. Just... Just I, do a half or don't. I was debating between bother. seven and seven and a half. And do I you think decide. that there's a quarter of a crazy eye? Yes. Slicing up eyeballs? Mm-hmm. Shout up to Pixies? Technically, it would be... Well, no, I guess you're right. Thank you. Half of one... Oh, yeah. Never mind. That's exactly what yeah. I was going to have. Yeah. Mm, should have learned from your uh, <laughs> restraint, but I thought, I'm going to be the smart boy of the podcast. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah we will never. I and I, I think it might just be a thing where I don't have I like I'm the Nick Cage experience is so new to me that like I you know it, it you know part part of it is just I'm happy to get this new experience of mm-hmm. seeing Nick Cage because I I think one of the best things about this that I didn't mention is that just in general Nick Cage he stars in this movie but he 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 doesn't like seem like an action star still like he's he, he's like such like a distinct personality that like he doesn't like camouflage himself in this role he like almost like makes you be like hey you're just gonna have to deal with watching nick cage do all this so you better get used to it because Mm -hmm. like like keanu reeves or something he's another goofy actor that people like to make fun of but he like at least does a pretty good job i think of like embodying like kind of a badass and Mm -hmm. you know things like that nick cage is nick cage and you just have to accept that and i 
I, I, I accepted it immediately, and it was one of the best parts of this movie for me. I love that you're a super fan now. Well, would I, you say you're a true fan now? I would say I'm a fan of Con Air. Nick Cage? Maybe he's, maybe he's normal in every other movie he's in. I can't, I can't say for sure. Well, he's two for two. I love, you know, Magic Men. <laughs> Go out and rent that if you get the opportunity. Thir- 13-year-old David Conway loved that. We will have to have you back on in the future after you've kind of seen more Nick Cage movies and kind of reevaluate how Yeah, because I know it. you're going to go home and probably like binge a couple. Well, yeah, I, I, I think I've already made an appointment to watch The Rock. He's in that, right? He is in that. Yeah, uh-huh. yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, that, that's on my to-do list, so. Okay. Um, we don't have as many kind of bland segments as last week and we're already kind of running along, but I mean, I, I have it's... a question. Yeah, go ahead. It's for David. Okay. Oh, it's... Is that okay? It's time. Is it time? I think it's time. Okay. Oh, I want to get my permission. No, it's time. Oh, it is. It's time. David? How can you help us meet Nick Cage? Do you know him? I don't. God... Damn it, David! Jesus Christ! I knew this is how this night was gonna fucking end. Oh, I'm yeah. I didn't realize that this. Shut up, David! What is the name of this podcast, David? Shut up! Help us meet. It's help us meet Nick Cage. Help us meet Nick Cage. How can you help us meet Nick Cage? Do you know anybody that knows Nick Cage? I don't know. You should know off the top of your head. Um. You should have come prepared. You should have known what we were going to ask you. And the fact that you didn't, frankly, disrespectful. Disrespectful. I'm just trying to go through. I don't know anyone in, like, the Coppola family. Christ. So Um, you don't know a single person in the Coppola family. No, I don't. Do I know Thomas Mars? I don't think so. In your dreams. Um, In your dreams, you know. I know Andy Samberg did an impression of Nick Cage, but I don't know Andy Samberg either. Oh, so that's that's helpful in zero ways. Yeah, thank you for bringing it up. I really appreciate it. I'm just it. trying to go through a mental checklist in my head. Um, what about Elizabeth DeGeneres? Do you know her? I do know Elizabeth DeGeneres. Do you think she might know anybody that knows Nick Cage? I, I, I think there's probably a pretty good chance. Yeah? Yeah. I would say yes, for sure. Well, thanks for... Doing fucking one thing right today, David. Yeah, I know Elizabeth. You can, I'm sure, get in touch so you think, through, her, through her. You think that would be a stepping stone to us meeting Nick Cage? Yeah, absolutely. Or do you think maybe she knows Nick Cage? I would say 50-50 maybe. Like okay. 50% she knows him directly, 50% she'll... Know somebody that yeah. knows him, yeah. Okay, well maybe this wasn't a total loss. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Elizabeth DeGeneres. Yeah. Okay. Glad I can be of service. Well, do you have anything to plug, David? Um, No. I have a Twitter account. It's at David B. Conway. I mostly post about the Chicago Bulls. It's a very specialized feed, so it's probably not worth checking out. Yeah. And don't bother to look me up. I'm off the grid. Okay. Uh, my co-host speaks for herself, but my Twitter account is at Ryan A. Con. if you want to follow along i also tweet a lot about sports and just kind of my general day-to-day yeah anyway musings. so i don't yeah, really i didn't mean to start like a twitter account recap cares about what ryan's twitter is about you can follow me actually at at satan at satan at satan that's you you got that account yes that's nice i, I made it you made it yeah like back in the day no like yesterday oh that was just open yeah damn people slept on that one <laughs> pretty much i'll fucking 
before. Yeah. So you can follow that for like good content and Satan stuff. Cool. I mostly just diss Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Going out on a limb. I gotta pick a side, I guess. Not, well. not for me. <laughs> yeah. I feel like maybe that was not necessary. I'll be okay. Yeah, you did Well, it, so. it's not me, it's Satan. Well, I guess this is a, this has been an episode. It has. Well, thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure to be here, and I would do it again in a heartbeat. Shut the hell up, yeah, dude. You're a real fucking right. helpful, dude. See ya. Bye. Bye.